episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected is brought to you by Bridgeside Medical Clinic, Chesapeake Integrated Behavioral Healthcare, and Edgar Casey's ARE. Welcome back to Calm, Cool, and Connected. We are so glad that you have joined in today because we're talking about a topic that certainly has affected probably every single person at one point or another, and we're talking all about breakups, separation, divorce, and the recovery from such. I'm so glad to welcome Tracy Pinnock, licensed marriage and family therapist and relationship expert to the show. Tracy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Tracy, just in thinking about breakups, dealing with divorce, navigating such, I mean, on top of dealing with COVID, there are plenty of couples who've decided to make that break. And in your expert opinion, what have you seen have been some of those phases of the breakup and recovery process? So I think of the recovery from breakup process as being a three-phased process. I refer to them as the survival, maintenance, and thriving phases. And really, it's just in the first phase, which is the survival phase, you are just trying to keep it together. So you're trying to reestablish some form of equilibrium after your breakup, because when we go through a breakup, all sorts of things in our lives can change. So it's not just the loss of the actual relationship or having that person in your life or maybe having them in your life in a different way, but you could lose your housing situation. Maybe you need to move out. Maybe you can't afford the mortgage or the rent on your own. If you have children, you're now trying to figure out the co-parenting and childcare aspect of things. It can impact your job situation, who your friends are. If you had joint friends and there's any sort of kind of break up with friends that you need to do. So in that survival phase, it really starts with first acknowledging your feelings and letting yourself feel them, which I think can sound very simple and obvious on one hand, but on the other hand, isn't necessarily so because nobody wants to really feel challenging feelings like sadness or anger. So we can have a tendency to kind of ignore them or act like they're not there, but that does us no good in the long term. So the the very, very first part of the survival phase is being able to say, I feel really hurt or I feel embarrassed or I feel sad because there's so many feelings involved and being able to talk about them, write about them, sit with them, which can be the toughest part. Definitely. And you know what you mentioned that it can be hard to really start to acknowledge those emotions and those feelings. It is, it's so par for the course whenever a person experiences something that's so heightened at that emotional level. So I love what you mentioned, really acknowledging journaling, leaning on your support system, and that would all be in that survival phase. So Tracy, as somebody starts to work through and they start to, okay, I'm going to get back on my feet emotionally, physically, whatever that looks like. What What's that next phase that somebody can start to slip into? That's the maintenance phase. So that's when you're still going through it. There's still mm-hmm. all sorts of grief. It still hurts, but you've established some sort of new normal or at least a temporary new normal. And so there's a little bit more equilibrium and, and uh, stability. So now it's kind of 
continuing to do the things that get you through your day and get you through your life. So showing up to work, um, taking care of your kids, cleaning your home, these sort of things. And you've also, in the maintenance phase, you've also likely um, established things like finding out, okay, who are my resources? Who are my supports? Mm. And being able to start really accessing those people and those things or those entities to be able to help you to cope and to deal. So that can be emotional supports, like friends, a therapist, a support group, you're going to be financial supports if you need to get a loan or there's someone you can borrow money from or you're thinking about your job or your career and increasing your income. And so there's all of these different areas where we want to identify and then utilize our resources. And we do all of that. We do all of that throughout the whole process. But in the maintenance phase, that's when you're really able to hone in on that and focus on that. What a beautiful way of putting it out there because definitely you are really starting to maintain your lifestyle, enter into maintenance, have stable new relationships, whether that's platonic, maybe a romantic relationship enters the scene. Mm -hmm. So we've got the survival stage and then we're in maintenance. We've lined up where we're going to live, even our grocery stores, all of that rebuilding And then Tracy, what happens when people start to thrive? Then you're in the thriving phase and yay, that's the best part, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's really when you are really forming hope for the future again. I think one of the things that is often lost during a breakup is this sense of hope, feeling like Mm. things will never be good again, or I'll never find the right one, or being worried about your children or your financial situation, anything. And in the thriving phase, this is when you are really looking towards your future and what you want it to look and be like in all areas. So that's romantically, financially, career, your children, where you might live, but you're really seeing your life thrive and be and be good even after the breakup has happened. So you're really reinstilling the sense of hope in the thriving phase. Mm, I love that you kind of really encapsulated it with saying that that hope is renewed. Maybe somebody starts to feel more confident and can get out and about and start to live life. So I've all I love the way that you really put out the three phases. And Tracy, I do have something else that kind of comes up for me, and that's pertaining to in the time that we're living in, even before this time, loneliness has always been one of those driving forces that can pop up and make somebody start to question, should I get back together with an ex? I haven't really found anyone that suits me. What are your thoughts? When would somebody, when would it be okay to entertain getting back with an ex? What should somebody look for? I think that in summary, the most simple answer is to ask yourself, or I should say, it's a question you should ask yourself. What has changed? Mm. What has changed on my end, on their end, between us that would make going back worth it and likely to be different than the first time around? Because things ended for a reason. And probably multiple reasons, regardless of who ended it, there was something or some things that weren't working for someone. Yes. So then if we're going to consider possibly going back and trying again, we really want to ask ourselves, well, the things that ended the relationship, are they are they fixed? Are they gone? So that's really the overarching idea. I think that many questions you can ask yourself along the way are just 
how you feel about that person. You know, Mm -hmm. do I generally like this person? When we talk and speak, are we getting along? And do I know what my preferences and expectations and needs are in a relationship and from a partner? And is this person meeting those? And am, am I meeting them for that person? These are all very important factors when considering building a life with anyone and when considering going back to trying to build a life with anyone. Yes. And I particularly like what you said about has somebody changed? And then secondly, do I like this person? Because loneliness can drive someone to Mm -hmm. maybe stay in a relationship for longer than they should or get back with someone who they no longer genuinely like. So very great points to bring up. Now, Tracy, I know that you offer a coaching program, Bitter to Better Coaching Program. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you offer within that program? Absolutely. So it's an online group coaching program for women who are healing from heartbreak. And it consists of a heartbreak healing curriculum, which is a course program, all recorded videos of myself walking you through curriculum that is a process for healing from heartbreak. So it incorporates that survival, maintenance, thriving phase. And then it also consists of weekly group coaching sessions with the other women in the program and myself, led by myself. And it's also going to include access to a members-only Facebook group. So the idea behind the Bitter to Better program is that you are getting the tools and the steps in the process for healing and working through things after a breakup, but you're also getting that peer support and that emotional support as well through the group coaching sessions and the Facebook group. You know, there's so much about that that I love. I love the idea of a curriculum because that way there's even that tangible item for somebody to go back and review. And then what you mentioned, that peer group. I mean, one of the main themes of our show is that being vulnerable is powerful. It normalizes the experience of just living in Tracy Bitter to Better coaching program. It sounds like that is also one of your tenants as well, which is wonderful. I completely agree. The vulnerability piece is key because it's what makes us human and it's what makes us able to connect to other humans. So Tracy, are there any final kind of takeaways, a tidbit of encouragement for someone who may be in the midst of a divorce or separation, any kind of parting words that you would like to offer to them? Um, Yes, actually, they come from my mother, (laughs) which is always good, Yes, (laughs) yes. Um, which is when I was going through my own uh, really significant breakup, she said Mm. it gets greater later. And just the other day. I was on the phone with her and I said, you know, we were we were kind of rehashing that time of my life. And I was like, no, I mean, it's like you said, mommy, <laughs> it gets greater uh, later. Moms know that sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Tracy, it gets greater later. That is that's beautiful. What a great piece of parting wisdom. And where can folks find you? Where can we follow up? I know personally, I see a lot of your great information that you put out there, but where can other people find you? Instagram is the best place, which is therapist.tracy. And also my website, that's where you can sign up for my email list, which gives you heartbreak healing tips and tidbits and gets you access to my programs. And that's at tphtherapy.com. 
Wonderful. Tracy, thanks so much for taking the time to be here today. We appreciate you coming on and talking about a very real topic that affects so many people. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching and listening to this episode of Calm, Cool, and Connected. If you like what you've heard, please don't forget to share subscribe and rate so that other people can tune in and receive down-to-earth feedback here at Calm, Cool, and Connected. 